of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio program. As always, we're so delighted to start another busy work week with you. So much to talk about. Going to be a busy, busy week in the House Oversight, House Judiciary realm. We're going to talk a little bit about who is on deck, who might be getting subpoenaed here in the short term, which is pretty big news. And I think that's going to drive us to today's underlying theme, which is this concept of... Mission aborted. And what I'm telling you is the media have now been given the green light to officially throw Joe Biden in the dumpster. And that is exactly what they spent their weekend shows doing. I have very interesting evidence of this. We're also going to talk about what happened in D.C. And I'm not going to insult you by suggesting you can't tell what two tiers of justice is in this country because you know it. You see it every single day of your lives. The important thing is the people who otherwise did not see it are, and it's causing some pretty phenomenal polling. We got to talk about, okay? So we're going to get all of this for you. We've been busy all work all weekend long planning what we wanted to talk about today, and I hope I know it's going to deliver. We welcome you home to the family. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. It's hard guess, hard to estimate when you look at some of the video from what happened in Washington, D.C. over the weekend, as what we're told is just sort of a spontaneous event ensued. And a bunch of people who all happen to have Palestinian flags and all have the headdress, whatever the hell the scarf things are called, whatever. All of them managed to, at the same time, in the same place, get together in a literal swarm. And some of the video taken looking down at the crowds below. And you see some of these images on social media from France. Just mobs of people coming together, all to support Hamas. And you scratch your head and say, wait, (laughs) these people are coming out because they hate Jews. 
They hate Jews. They call for the eradication of a group of people. And they chanted on bullhorns and they attract every fringe group that has played a victim card over the last several years, at least since COVID, notably since COVID, but well before that, to coalesce in this ocean of suck. And we're told that this is just First Amendment right gathering. This is just First Amendment protected freedom of speech. They tried to scale the fence at the White House. How much? I mean, really? They tried to scale the fence at the White House. And we're told that this was a peaceful demonstration of people who feel oppressed. Ah. United States monuments in Washington, D.C., vandalized by these pro-Palestine thugs as rioters raged against Biden's support of Israel. The monuments include the Andrew Jackson statue, That's in front of the White House, the General Marquis de Lafayette statue in Lafayette Park, the Benjamin Franklin statue. They defaced and put graffiti all over the White House barrier. So if democracy truly does die in darkness, where is the media on this? Well, they are calling it, of course, the same as they did before, because there is a script. And the script is pre written, predetermined, and constant. If people who believe in what you and I believe in gather, we are an insurrection, we are rioters. If people on the left, BLM, Antifa, pro-Hamas people gather, that is the peaceful demonstration and exercise of your rights. You know the reality here. I mean, the Proud Boy member Joe Biggs, just like two months ago, was sentenced to 17 years in federal prison. He didn't murder anybody. He did not decapitate a child. He did not put a baby alive in an oven. He did not rape the dead corpses of women he murdered. He did not hunt people down like wild game in the desert. He shook a fence outside of the Capitol on January 6th. He shook a fence. 17 years. Enrique Tarrio. 22 years he was sentenced. 22 years. Federal prison. And he was not even in Washington, D.C., on January 6, 2021. We have people who are in prison now, like Enrique Tario, not for what they did, but for what they could have done. That is the degree of lunacy that we are living in today. So whatever your estimate of size is, and no matter how much the D.C. police want to call these people who defaced monuments, who tried to scale the the, the fence at the White House, who spray-painted slurs, and who shouted hateful things. 
in a mob. Was it 300,000? Was it half of a million? Was it a million? Whatever the number, your D.C. police, in a pre-scripted press release, wrote out, only one person arrested. Minor, minor skirmishes. Not a big deal. They, they went after the police cruisers again. <laughs> what are we doing? It is okay if you are a marginalized victim or you've been brought up to believe that you are a victim because it has been indoctrinated into the fiber of who you are. It is cultivated in education. It is perpetuated by a political system of sock. And the very victims who join forces like pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas, pro-savage barbarism, the people who join those ranks would be the first ones killed if they were over in Gaza right now. And the irony is just so profound and disappointing, isn't it? To, to see the insanity. Don't tell me that a million people just got an idea. I mean, this is funded by and created, the itinerary is crafted by George Soros. How do you think these people all converge in one area? They get bussed in. Who pays for it? George Soros. These people calling for the extermination of a group of people. Now, I think we are at a very interesting crossroads in this discussion. And there are two discussions taking place. One is the outright insanity here in America and its epicenters on college campuses across our country. And the other real danger that is simmering close to a boil in Gaza. Because you have Israeli fighters who are being told by Barack Obama and others to just, just suck it up and call a ceasefire. Enough, enough. No more. What does the Israeli defense force have to lose? The worst has already happened. The most unthinkable atrocities have already occurred. You don't pull back. Someone who feels they've got nothing to lose because you've already gone so far into an inhuman realm. And so how do we manage that? As we, of course, stay on heightened alert here in America. And that is the, that is the battle cry for each of us to protect, to be aware, to be alert and to pay attention to the propaganda because it is whipping up in a very big way. A lot of the news today is anti-Joe Biden. So we're going to play for you a series of audio sound bites all across the media spectrum. They got the green light, but they also got the poll. New York Times, Siena College. Oh boy, what it shows explains why they're so darn afraid next on the wendy bell radio network 
I think it's creepy when you consider none of this is natural. None of this is organic. It is calculated and scripted. And because of that, it's very easy to feel manipulated. And that's the thing. They want to, via propaganda, manipulate you into doing or acting a certain way, doing something or behaving in a certain fashion. Well, if behaving in a certain fashion means voting for Joe Biden, they have failed in a in a spectacular way. So New York Times this morning, Trump leading in five critical states as voters blast Joe Biden, a Times Siena poll finds. And it says voters in battleground states said they trusted Donald J. Trump over President Biden on the economy, foreign policy and immigration as Mr. Biden's multiracial base show signs of fraying. Now, at its base, you and I don't look at that headline and think anything spectacular about it because, of course, life was better. The numbers don't lie. The amount of money in your bank account doesn't lie. Are you better off or worse off? Of course you're worse off. Unless you've received some monumental infusion of money or you've gotten a fantastic promotion at your job, you're paying more, making the same, less when, when you factor in inflation. And it's tragic. But the takeaway of this poll is the fracturing of these subsets that the Democratic Party has used and abused for generations. And it's not just an awakening. It's a revulsion now for the Democrat Party. And they're freaking out. Here's the story. President Biden trailing Donald J. Trump. In five of the six most important battleground states, one year before the 2024 election, suffering from enormous doubts about his age and deep dissatisfaction over his handling of the economy and a host of other times or issues, rather, new polls by The New York Times and Siena College have found. The results show Biden losing to Trump, his likeliest Republican rival. Let's just cut to the chase and say we know what it is by margins of four to 10 percentage points among registered voters in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. He's ahead, Biden is, only in Wisconsin. And that's just by two percentage points. Across the six battlegrounds, all of which Mr. Biden, I will insert, allegedly, carried in 2020. And you know what that word means. The president trails by an average 48 to 44 percent discontent pulsates throughout the Times Siena poll with a majority of voters saying Mr. Biden's policies have personally hurt them. The survey also reveals the extent to which the multiracial and multigenerational coalition that elected Biden is fraying. Demographic groups that backed Biden by landslide margins in 2020. I'm rolling my eyes at that are now far more closely contested as two-thirds of the electorate sees the country moving in the wrong direction. Voters under 30 favor Biden by only a single percentage point. His lead among Hispanic voters is down to single digits, and his advantage in urban areas is half of Trump's edge in rural regions So Trump's rural is two to one better than what Joe Biden's getting in our urban areas. And while women still favor Biden, men preferred Trump by twice as large a margin. 
reversing the gender advantage that had fueled so many Democratic gains in recent years. Ah, thank goodness. This is very interesting. Black voters, long a bulwark for Democrats and for Joe Biden, are now registering 22% support in these states for Trump, a level unseen in presidential politics for a Republican in modern times. 22%. What did he get in 2020? 12%? 22%. And if you add it all together, Trump leads by 10 points in Nevada. He's up six in Georgia, five in Arizona, five in Michigan, and four, up four points in Pennsylvania. In a remarkable sign of a gradual racial realignment between the two parties, this is the key part. You guys know, of course, because you're familiar with history. And you haven't been snowed all of your life by these people, these propagandists. You know that blacks are conservatives, historic conservatives. Yes. In a remarkable sign of a gradual racial realignment between the two parties, the more diverse the swing state, the farther Mr. Biden was behind. And he led only in the whitest of the six. <laughs> Wisconsin, the whitest of the six swing states, was the lone state of these swings that Biden holds a lead. The other states, apparently far more diverse, where more black voters, Hispanic voters, you know, the black and the brown people who the left wants to use so much as it's whipping up some kind of victim narrative du jour. The black and the Hispanic voters are the ones not being conned anymore. It's your white, liberal, college-educated, suburban woman. And that is changing. And that it should of course, Trump and Biden are both deeply and similarly unpopular, this article says. It is the New York Times after all. Voters who overwhelmingly said the nation was on the wrong track are taking out their frustrations on Joe Biden, as well they should. So the polling is terrible. The media have gotten a new initiative. And the initiative is to begin the Heisman move on Joe Biden. Start with the arm distance. Ultimately, we'll just throw him in the garbage. Baby steps. And the baby steps started yesterday. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. The world is falling apart under Biden. This is in the New York Times story. A 53-year-old electrical substation specialist in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, who supported Biden in 2020 but is now backing Trump, says, I would much rather see somebody I can feel be a positive role model leader for this country. I think Trump has his wits about him. This is interesting, though. The New York Times still is trying to hold on 
to Joe Biden. Mr. Biden still has a year to turn the situation around. Please. Not according to the folks that we heard from over the weekend. If you flip around, if you see what's going on, you can tell they've all been given the document. They got the thumbs up. They got the green light. They got the head nod. Go for it. The dude is not going to win. And the stuff coming out in House Oversight is so toxic that I believe they've run enough interference for him. They've decided to let him be the sacrificial lamb of, him, of, of his own doing. And that's what's going on. ABC, this is a reporter at the big screen over the weekend. You know, they put up all these big numbers. Voters, he says, are just frustrated, my brother. We long ago passed frustration. We are furious and broke. And every single day we go into our grocery stores and we see people we didn't normally see. All of a sudden shopping, having full baskets of food and housewares. How are they affording it? You're paying for it. I want to read this to you quickly. I got an email over the weekend from a woman I see at a Walmart store I pop into every weekend to do some grocery shopping just when I need certain things. And she says, Wendy, I'm the girl who always says hi to you when you're shopping. I work in the online pickup and delivery department. I've been at the store seven plus years now. I know that you've mentioned this before on your show, that the people in our local communities are definitely changing. When the transportation of illegal immigrants started, I definitely noticed a massive influx of Mexicans in our store. As of recently, I am now noticing a lot of different kinds of people, some Muslim, Arab, Indians. And the weird thing is, they all usually come in on a Sunday, literally hundreds of them every Sunday. I try to notice their carts. Most of them are buying not only heaping carts of food, but items to start furnishing a home. I saw two Muslim looking men just today shopping together, one with a massive cart of food. The other with bedding items, kitchen silverware sets, mini blinds, etc. Items that look like they're just moving into a new place. And it seems every Sunday gets more and more people coming in. I've never seen anything like this since I've been here. So Americans aren't just frustrated. ABC News reporter guy at the wall at the big screen monitor, we're seeing who's coming in that we know we are paying for and we're tired of it. Here's the ABC guy. George, voters are just plain frustrated across the board. 76% of adults in this poll say the country is headed in the wrong direction. Only 23%, less than a quarter of the country, say that we're headed on the right track. And the issues that are animating voters' frustration, it's almost unspeakably vast and broad. Economy, 74% of Americans say it's very important to them personally. 69% say the same about inflation. Those are issues in our poll that tend to favor Republicans. Voters say they trust Republicans more than Democrats on those issues. Why can't we have Democrats that care about your bottom line? Why is it that Democrats are synonymous with over-the-top spending? Why is it that Democrats are synonymous with high taxes? Why, why can't Democrats 
be on the side of everyone. Because if you don't have money, you can't do. And Democrats are the party stealing your ability to do. Period. Jonathan Carl, ABC News. So there's this panel. George Stephanopoulos, Donna Brazile. I don't know why the heck that woman is even relevant anymore. She is a fraud and a cheat and a toxic human being. And Jonathan Carl is going to come out and they're talking specifically about this New York Times Siena College poll. Biden underwater in five of six swing states. And they're totally panicking. And Jonathan Carl is going to try to float this narrative that, you know, Donald Trump has gotten a lot of attention lately because of all of his legal issues. But apparently, and then he stabs his own argument in the neck. He says, but people aren't paying attention to his clear mistakes. He's getting old, too. He's losing touch with reality, too. What? Jonathan Carl, you suck. And it is unfortunate that as a default, an extension of you, everybody then at ABC sucks. Listen to this ridiculous argument. This is what they're putting out. This is propaganda, and it's reprehensible. Go. But in five of the six key battleground states, including some rather large leads in Nevada and Arizona. Yeah, it's not an outlier. We've seen similar polls like this that show in that hypothetical matchup, which doesn't seem all that hypothetical anymore of Biden uh, versus Trump. It shows that he can actually win and is leading in these battleground states. But, George, I have to tell you one thing to consider here is, uh, you know, Trump has been in the news over the last year or so based on the uh, on these criminal cases, uh, the civil case in New York. But people have not been paying attention to what Trump has become. Trump since he left the White House, and this is really the theme of my book, uh, has become more detached from reality than he ever was even in the White House. If you think of where we were in January of 2021, uh, that's the starting point for where a Trump presidency would be next time around. So I think he's had largely, believe it or not, a, a free ride. Again, the criminal cases we know about. But what he's thinking, what he's doing, he, he had a, a, a speech just the other day in Texas where he referred to the people that are in prison because they attacked the U.S. Capitol and beat up police officers. He called them not prisoners, but hostages. Um, he, you know, we talk about Biden's age a lot. Biden's negatives are on television every day. You see them. Um, Trump has Trump has become also increasingly uh, confused about things. He sometimes he thinks that he lost uh, to Obama in the last election. He confuses uh, basic facts, uh, says some rather strange things, but there isn't much attention paid. As we get closer to these primaries, we'll see where not just Trump is based on these criminal cases, but where he is now as a, as a human being. Wow. I mean, there there's just so much there to to ridicule. I wonder how Jonathan Carl, who, by the way, looks like he's about to burst into tears. He, he's just so upset about this as he scrambles to try to create an illusion that Donald Trump is just he's detached from reality. He's he's gotten a, a free ride. Oh, he's gotten a free ride, has he? Got it. As the FBI swarms his house and goes through his wife's underwear drawer. Is that a free ride? All of the 95% negative news, free ride. And by the way, the January 6th, quote-unquote, prisoners, Jonathan, do, do you think Enrique Tarrio should be in federal lockup for 22 years for not even being in 
in Washington, D.C. that day. Do you, do you really think Joe Biggs should get 17 for shaking a fence outside the Capitol? That, that seems like it's fair to you. See, sir, that's what you have proven yet again why we don't trust anything the media says. And you're a disgrace. You are a disgrace, a national disgrace. Pramila Jayapal, she's a squad member hack. She's on with MSNBC. I think she's on with Jen Psaki, who's pretending like she's a journalist, right? And, and Pramila Jayapal is like, I, I'm starting to get kind of worried about our party. You're starting to get worried about your party? Pal, listen to this, go. But I will tell you, this is the first time, Jen, that I have felt like the 2024 election is in great trouble for the president and for our democratic control, which is essential to moving forward. Ah, yes, they need to move forward and finish the job, of course. And that does not stop until you lose everything and like it and acquiesce to their every request. This is the first time she says, I feel Democrats are in trouble. Wow, you're wicked out of touch, sister. Wicked out of touch. CBS has its own flailing personality at the wall, at the monitor, who's going to be talking on and on. There's a lot of people who say things are not going well in this country. It's an uptick. Well, it is an uptick. In January, the number was 65%. Two-thirds of us not liking the direction of the country. Today, the number is 73%, almost three in four. And this reporter doesn't know what to do about it. Go. The number of Americans who think that things are going badly in the country today has hit its high for the year. So you might expect any incumbent to be down as Biden is. But then look at these positive views of what people think will happen for them financially if Donald Trump wins. Way more voters think they'd be better off. (laughs) Biden, for his part, hasn't fully convinced as many Democrats that he'd help them as the middle class still reels from inflation. Oh, my gosh. What world are you living in? All you need to say, young man, is Biden sucks. Everything about him sucks. And America knows it. And we've been trying to lie about it for so long. But you guys aren't buying it anymore. And so now we have to pivot. And we hate doing that. But okay, here it is. People aren't liking Joe Biden. No. Duh. Now, there's a woman who's a representative, Democrat Jasmine Crockett. She's on CNN. She's talking about the erosion of black support for Joe Biden. And she says something very gross. Basically, that black people aren't smart enough to know what's going on or how to vote. Oh, my. Listen to this. Here's the deal. Perception is reality. And so when you look at the data that was provided in this poll, it talks about how people feel. And when people decide whether they're going to the poll or whether they're not going to to the poll, it's all about how you feel in that moment. And so while the facts may not align with their feelings, their feelings are dictating their reality. Their reality is that they said that they feel better or they felt better when Trump was in office. But we've been trying to push back. We've got some very popular African-American artists that are out here saying things like, oh, I got checks when Trump was in office. I want those checks again, not understanding that that really came from Congress. Mm -hmm. So we've got a couple of things, the perception issue. And then we also have an issue as it relates to civics in this country and people not understanding exactly how any of this works. Wow. Black people don't understand how it works, people. What? How absolutely outrageous is that? And finally, CNN's Dana Bash 
calling out the only state that Joe Biden seems to be polling well in in the swing state category. Listen. The New York Times in the right about it says in a remarkable sign of a gradual racial realignment between the two parties, the more diverse the swing state, the farther Mr. Biden was behind. And he led only in the whitest of six. A.K.A. A lot of people are waking up out there. Your bank account doesn't lie, ladies and gentlemen. The white suburban college educated liberal women might want to lie to you and say it does. What happened to that $10,000 they said they gave you? Oh, that's right. You didn't get yours either. Okay. All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back, it's going to be a big week in the House of Representatives. House oversight and judiciary things going on. I'm going to preview for it. Preview on what's actually happening tomorrow. Pretty significant. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Sometimes I listen to all these reporters and I wonder how long they've been living in this alternate universe. Because when I became a journalist 30 years ago, it literally it was 30 years ago. Went to graduate school, got my first job on national television. I fundamentally, intrinsically, at my core base level, cared profoundly about the industry, about its purpose, about this huge responsibility. Not just in what you say and how you say it, but in headlines, in selection of photographs. To put either online, and certainly I was in college in the 80s and 90s, so it wasn't really applicable online then. But how you can sway in subtle ways a viewer's or a reader's perception by making small little tweaks or decisions. Today, we just, it's not even nuanced. We call it out when it feels like there's a random act of honesty in media circles. And so I, I look at this coverage every day and I'm so angry that yet another industry that we once cared about and believed in has been bastardized by people who suck. They've done it to medicine. They've done it to the legal profession. They've done it to the social media realm in terms of big technology. They've ruined education. I mean, honest to goodness, whom do you believe? And can you count them only on one hand because the number is so small? Now, one thing that is exceedingly exciting to me is the diligence of this holy trinity, if you will, in the House. You've got House Ways and Means, Jason Smith. You have House Judiciary with Jim Jordan. And you have House Oversight with Jamie Comer. And as all of these other machinations of, you know, needing to find a new speaker and we need to pass these bills and la 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 la, we've got appropriations we've got to figure out, we've got a budget we've got to approve, deadlines marching forward, these three men and their respective committees have been doing with the subpoena power they got, have been doing the work to lay out the case for the American people. And they don't lay it out in traditional media circles because the media are corrupt. 
Now, aside for going on a few programs, Newsmax, certainly one of them, OAN, Fox in some capacities, and Jamie Comer was on with Maria Bartiromo over the weekend. I, her voice drives me bananas, but I think that she is a straight shooter. I think she says things without worry about consequence if she sees that it's true and needs to be discussed. And so she has Comer on over the weekend. And she's talking about what's upcoming. We're going to pepper some of this conversation throughout today's show for you because it's important. It's going to be a big week, Jamie Comer says to Maria Bartiromo. And she says, well, do you have plans to subpoena the Biden family? Because you've shown us these checks, $200,000 as a, quote, loan repayment from Jim Biden to Joe Biden, and then another $40,000 Same memo line, loan repayment from Sarah Biden to Joe Biden. And you're getting all this information. Are you going to be subpoenaing the Biden family? Listen to this. When are you expecting to issue the subpoenas to bring Biden family members in front of your committee? And how many subpoenas are you expecting to issue? Well, I think the subpoenas are imminent. I think this is going to be a big week. Look, first of all, we know Tuesday, uh, my friend Jim Jordan, who's also on the Oversight Committee, but he's chair of the Judiciary Committee, doing a great job investigating the weaponization of the federal government. Uh, He's bringing in uh, special counsel Weiss for a deposition. That is a, a very important part of the overall impeachment inquiry investigation. There are also a, a lot of other documents that I think are about to be released this week pertaining to loans and different things that the, the Bidens have been engaged in that make no sense, uh, that are, are completely counter to what Joe Biden has said publicly. Uh, we're also, as you know, we've subpoenaed a lot of bank documents, and it's taken a long time to get these bank documents in. We're waiting on a few more uh, documents to come in that we've successfully subpoenaed, but it's taken forever. And, and again, Maria, I don't think the average person can imagine how many different checking accounts the president's son had. And considering he didn't have a legitimate business, that in itself is an enormous red flag. So once all those come in, I think you're going to see swift action on, on Biden's. And I would, I would predict uh, somewhere around two dozen subpoenas uh, in the very near future. Now, there are, of course, Democrats on all three of those committees. And they are getting the exact same information as the House Republicans. And they have got to go back to their caucus and say, guys, this is a losing mission. This ship isn't just sinking. It has sunk. And we either bail off now or we're going to get sucked into the vortex when it finally goes completely under and drags us down, too. And so I pay attention to the Wall Street Journal They came out with something over the weekend that I found very unusual. And that is why I know Joe Biden is toast by this one editor of the Wall Street Journal's editorial page. What he dropped over the weekend, I've not seen before. You will next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. 